0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the All the Things ADHD podcast. All the things. All I want for Christmas is, is things. Things. All the things. <laughs> all of them. Uh,
1: <laughs> did you know Mariah
0: Carey has a Christmas special? Yes. Yeah. Have, I you, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet.
1: It's it's a lot of God bless Mariah Carey. She's doing her own thing. It, yeah. The plot is ridiculous. The outfits are amazing. I believe that she's contoured her boobs. Um, I've had ample time to look at them. Ample, if you will, while watching this special <laughs> subtitle, Mariah Saves Christmas. Um nice. I highly recommend it if you're uh in the mood for some absurdity and wholesomeness.
0: Oh, nice. There's actually a um- there's a podcast that I listen to uh, called 60 songs that explain the nineties. and it, Yeah. It's really good. Um, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not quite our nineties having grown up in Canada. Cause there's a whole thing about 90 like rock and, and music and nineties in Canada that, absolutely. But I, but I mean, the first, the first episode is about Alanis Morissette and like right. Celine Dion shows up in there. So it's like, it, it sort of shows also the, the how Canadian artists sort of, got over the Rubicon and, and hit it big in the United States at that point. Right. But anyways, they do have an episode on All I Want for Christmas is You. Amazing. And, and it gets into, but it also, you know, like to living your own life, she was, her marriage was really abusive. And and so how that song, I don't remember if it was towards the end of her marriage or just afterwards. And there's like this exuberance to it that's. Um, yeah,
1: I, I bought Tom Mariah Carey's autobiography or her memoir. For yeah. Christmas last year and then we both read it and like I will say like straight up Mariah Carey is not the style of music I prefer to listen to like you know this yeah. like, sort of female operatic voice that sounds like whistling is like not my jam but like mad props uh to Mariah for getting through her life and her childhood and her marriage and um the personal growth she's been able to have And her musical talent is undeniable yeah. Oh, yeah. um and that song is you know it's hard to write in this day and age uh, a Christmas song that breaks through the clutter and becomes a standard, right? And yeah. I think her song is becoming a standard, and it's a great no, it's song. become
0: a standard. She makes like a million dollars every year, sure, or something sure. like that, just from the plays on Spotify or whatever it is. And nobody yeah, makes it, any money on Spotify anymore.
1: It's going to be like one of those songs that, like, in another fifty years, people won't remember who recorded it originally, but the yeah. song will still be yeah, like on this sort of jazz playlist dinner party. Yeah stuff forever. Yeah. yeah. That's my prediction. Ask me again in 50 years.
0: Yeah. They, talking about bonkers Christmas specials, we'll get to our topic, but like, do you, I mean, have you watched? Then? Nah, probably. Um, have you seen A Very Murray Christmas? The one with Oh Bill my Murray? gosh, every year. Yes. Now, isn't that a classic now? Like it is just bonkers, it. but it is a classic.
1: Yes. I, I make myself a very stiff drink to go with that. And uh, we sort of lean into these snowed in. <laughs> yeah new york poor chris rock what's going on (laughs) uh christmas special but it's because it's got like charlie brown it's got that little touch of yeah of sadness as well as um whimsy and heart Uh, and i really i really love it i think it's great i watch it every year
0: and this is another one of those like say what you will about miley cyrus but man can she sing Like her version of Silent Night every time chills, just like, well, here's an interesting Miley Cyrus fact for you. I was
1: uh, reading recently that one of the reasons that she can't stand to listen to Party in the USA anymore, much like me, can't Mm. stand to listen to that song, um, is that uh, she, she says at the time her record company was pushing her to sing in this more feminine way right? In this falsetto, which of course she can do, but her natural range where she's most comfortable, like what you see in like sort of like her viral recordings of things like Jolene and stuff is much lower. Like she has a much lower growly natural singing register. Um, And so she's one of the reasons she doesn't like those early recordings uh, or not because, you know, she doesn't like the songs necessarily, but that she was um, being produced in such a way as to have to sing um, outside of the vocal range that made her feel that it was authentic to herself, right? Yeah. Um, so in some ways we might say Miley Cyrus was um masking <laughs> in order to present you know. an
0: appropriately gendered um yeah. front. Um
1: <clears throat> yeah let's yeah. put that speaking
0: there. of uh, speaking of nice transition very Thank well you. done like you brought that around we haven't we even pulled introduced the slot ourselves machine yet. handle yeah we pulled we the slot pull this- machine handle Lee, yeah. and something unexpected and relevant came out. Yeah it's amazing. Um I am one of your co-hosts, Lee Scatler up set.
1: I am another one of your co-hosts, Amy, the digressor Morrison. Digi-Wong. I call them
0: I call them side quests now. So uh, yes, like side quests. I quest. know I love that, right? Side, side quest. quest. Um, so it so that does transition nicely. So what we wanted to to talk about um today is in our last podcast we did mention how we had been how we would gotten a number of uh, a flurry of all all at the same time very complimentary uh messages about our blog um what was one of them that it was like christmas morning yeah well, the feeling listening- of a kid on christmas, christmas- i love it yeah, which like I was just like, oh my goodness, this is so wonderful, and I was re- I was really reflecting on that, and and Amy and I were were messaging uh, about it, and I and I just said that it's like we are, and we said this way in the beginning, right, that we wanted to make a podcast that we would like to listen to, That's and true. there there aren't very many podcasts by women, mm-hmm. so there. Out there like this. Mm -hmm. And by out there like this, I mean, slapdash, unscripted, lots of side quests and digressions and and, And swearing that and swearing. Oh, yeah. And the swearing. And, you know, and, and it was just, it was really interesting because you had the experience because you, uh, when we started this, we both went all in in our own ways. I learned mm-hmm. how to podcast. You listened to podcasts. And what I was did, one of your yeah. big takeaways from <laughs> listening to existing podcasts about on, for ADHD?
1: They're not exciting, right? Like everybody talks too slow, right? And every, everybody is reading, from a script that they have in front of them. And people are kind of like deferential to topics and answers. And these like podcasts are often of very nicely organized around one theme and like three research papers have been read or like a list of bullet point things to do. And it was just like, not chaotic. Yeah. Right? It, just, it, it felt a lot like sort of the advice industrial complex where it's like, Deference to authority and like we're gonna neatly wrap this up in, in 30 minutes and like we're gonna present a problem and then a solution from this kind of like research perspective and, and what I am more interested in is hearing about people's real lives right I, I want to like yeah. how do you get through the day not like you know this is what the experts say like I know what the experts say I read the experts like I want to know like where the rubber hits the road um and I also want people to talk quicker <laughs> and have a, a broader range uh, in their voices than like, six notes on the scale, like four notes on the scale, you know, like people don't vary their volume and they don't vary their pace. They don't laugh about stuff. And it doesn't feel spontaneous. It feels very like, gah, all the stuff that makes me sleepy.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, so I, and then what I noted is we're having, I was thinking of that is that I never liked talk radio Right, mm-hmm. like I never, I didn't grow up listening to like the CBC in in Canada, or and I've never been a big fan of NPR because of that sort of NPR tone, right? And some mm-hmm. people find it very soothing. I find it very boring. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, a, liked listening to music stations, but loved the morning circus, oh, right? the morning circus show where it is you know it's scripted they have ideas for bits but then you just you don't really know which direction it's going to go they go on digressions people call in you have no idea what those people are going to say when they call into the show um and i just i i always love that and that is also reflected in the podcasts that i enjoy listening to which are almost all hockey podcasts hosted by men um where there's that same vibe of like it that, you know, I listen to one and um, called Puck Soup. And literally the theme song is like we talk about hockey, but also anything else that we seem to, you know, want to talk about at that time that we think of. Um, and, and, you know, I, it's, it's, you know, um, and I, I enjoy that. I kind of like that chaotic energy, but there's not a lot of podcasts like that hosted by women or, yeah. or about ADHD for that matter, but there aren't a whole lot of ADHD podcasts either. It's, it's, yeah. it's niche, let's be honest, but it's, it's pretty niche. It's yeah. pretty niche. It's kind of, yeah.
1: I mean, I think what you like about the, the morning circus and those other podcasts is like exactly what I was missing, um, from these ADHD podcasts that I had been listening to, um, was the sense of, you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Right. Uh, the sense of kind of chaos, which, you know, sort of produces, uh, more alertness, right. It's, it's like, the bear that's chasing you, it's the hole you're about to fall down, right? Or jump yeah. out of, as the case may be, right? Like it's <laughs> it's uh you feel or like fall you down and then attention. jump out
0: of and that's person. right. Yeah, yeah. So those
1: <laughs> those types of um those types of, of media feel like if you actually jump out of your chair to go grab something out of the bedroom, you may have missed something. Yeah. Important, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a lot like what we were talking about about our neurodivergent hangovers, too, is like how adept we are at kind of surfing waves of increased attention and increased confusion. Right. So in some ways it's, it's pleasurable to like, just sort of be like grabbing onto this car's fender, right. As it Mm -hmm. drives away and you're like trying to maintain your grip so you can keep up. Like there's just something a little bit more engaging. Cause I know sometimes I listen to podcasts, even podcasts I quite love. um, But just sometimes I'll be walking and I will have to stop uh, and go back about six or seven minutes in the podcast because I realized like even while these two people are talking through headphones directly into my brain, I have started thinking about something else to the point where I don't know what's happening.
0: Yeah, no, I have had that experience as well.
1: Yeah, as Uh, a listener and as people who produce podcasts, you and I, um, we like the challenge and the adrenaline and the focus that comes from showing up Fridays at 1pm unless I cancel because of something I forgot about. Um, And then just turning on the recording and trying to make a podcast on the fly, right? It gives us, like, I have to be talking, um, and I also have to be listening, but I also have to be thinking about what's the next thing we're going to do, or where we're going to move from this, or how we're going to wrap it up. So I'm thinking about seven things at the same time, and that's just about the right number of things to keep me yeah. interested. Engaged. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: And the other thing that I, that I that I think I like about them, particularly, again, about podcasts, where you listen for a long period of time, or over a long period of time, or even the morning circus ones, is that I feel like I'm getting to know the people, right? Like there's an intimacy to it um, because yes, it's, it's still staged and yes, they're only revealing parts of themselves, but they're revealing more of themselves than a very heavily scripted, you know, following the same format all the time podcast or, or NPR morning show. Right. It's like, I know you through reading the news and I know very little about you outside of you reading the news, but, you know, I, you know, I know like the, the guys on puck soup, what their favorite movies are and like what their pet peeves are. And, you know, I can tell by the different tones in their voices, right. Where, you know, how they're particularly feeling and like the sarcasm. And so all of that. Yeah, because they're engaging in the
1: moment, right. They're not reading Um, Like I was on The Current once, which is like the flagship CBC current affairs program that runs in the morning for two and a half hours when it was um, being hosted by Anna Maria Tremonti. It was like this journalist with like so much international reporting background and like very um, overwhelmingly competent figure in Canadian journalism. and. And she sounded like, you know, very warm and stuff on, on the air and, and everything was like quite listenable. Um, and I was very impressed when I went uh, to the studio for that. I was talking about like back when we had Blackberries and BlackBerry, the whole servers went down that one time and people were like emotionally overwrought about it. So I had to go on national radio and talk about that in like five time zones. And, um, and I actually, this is funny digression side quest. Uh, you go to the CBC building at like six in the morning for this because like time zones and it's empty because it's six in the morning and you go up to the studio and it's like right next to the studio where they like record as it happens, which is another one of my favorite CBC shows. I was like, ah, it's all fangirling. And then like, I'm really nervous. I go to the bathroom and I'm in the bathroom on like the studio floor, (laughs) CBC radio. And like, there's Anna Maria Tremonti. So I met her while we were both washing our hands, having listened to each other go pee. So that was like, right. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. All right. This is okay. But when we were recording, I, I will say, um, she was reading from a script. It was a script yeah. heavily marked up, like it's a script that probably she had a large hand in writing, but is reading from a script and everything is timed um, to the two minutes. And it sounds very like warm and listenable, mm-hmm. but it's not conversational like no. the, way, the way that this is. And it obviously requires a lot more preparation and a team of producers uh, than we are able to manage. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, and, and also, I mean, it, it's for different purposes, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the reading the news in that tone is a skill right? And yes. still making it sound warm and all that, like, and, and it's necessary, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas, you know, we're not trying to do that. No. Uh, so no, at all, obviously. No. Uh, but it, but again, it, it's this. It's not to say that, and, and this is the flip side of it, is that, you know, for people who love this style, they love it a lot.
1: They do. Yeah.
0: But that's, a again, a very niche audience. Mm-hmm right? Where in subverting the, the kind of norms, expected norms, and we'll talk about that in a second, but in subverting the kind of expected norms for what a podcast, particularly perhaps podcasts hosted by women mm-hmm. are supposed to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you forsake, and I don't want to sound that as a negative thing, because really I don't care, um, but you do kind of forsake yourself for being uh, to being niche, right? Right, yeah. Um, now I, I, mean, I'm even thinking of the difference, so I don't know if you've watched the show, um, only murders in the building. It's, um, oh, it's, it's Steve Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Martin short. Oh, it's on my list. And, yeah, no, it yeah. is so good, but it's, it's about three people who live in this building who are obsessed with murder podcasts, right? But then there's a murder in the building Right. And they decide to make their own podcast about that murder. And so, so we have talk- a TV
1: show about a podcast about murders.
0: Yes. This is very
1: um, on the money. Yeah.
0: Yes. But but there's that. And, and even just talking about this now, again, brain going on the side quests is, you know, the difference between the way it, they've scripted it and are narrating it right and so they have one of them where where martin short is like the producer and he's very much like no that doesn't sound like a podcast and no you have to say it in this tone and you know all of that they've got it all mapped out and story mapped and all of that um versus what's actually happening in the show which is pure chaos right right it's it's all like it's 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 chaos and farce. I mean, Nathan Lane is in it. It's, oh, there's goodness. camp elements to it. There's, yeah. you know, um, who is it? So uh, Steve Martin plays a former uh, TV show. He played a detective on a TV show for a long oh. time. And um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally meta. And uh, oh, Jane Lynch oh, my <laughs> plays, gosh. His, plays his stunt double. Oh, That's
1: amazing. I'm going to watch it just for that. (laughs) So good.
0: Like, and so there's all these little like winking things in it, but it, but again, and then they, but then they show the, like how they record the podcast. It cuts all of that out or shapes it in a way that is, you know, I mean, they've done a compelling narrative. They have audiences, there's suspense and all of that, but it doesn't have that. It's all, all of the chaos is trimmed away.
1: Right. And that's part of the dramatic tension I imagine, right, is how do you produce something that is that is produced right out of the raw materials of chaotic experience? And, and yeah. I think um, maybe some of what is appealing to me about the format that we um, quote unquote produce, I mean, I say produce, but it's like click record and then we <laughs> add an intro, uh, is that I think what a a lot of us with ADHD and other forms of neurodivergence have always struggled with is, is understanding that the surfaces that people present in public, um, do not reflect, right. The processes of how they got these things done. Right. And a lot of, we've talked about in many episodes about some of the things that are most difficult about, um, this disability, this diagnosis that we have is that, um, all we've learned all our lives is that the processes by which we do things are wrong. Right. And so. It, you know, it doesn't matter if we get the final result that, that people always wanted the way that we do it is wrong. And, and part of something that's always like really interested me in like the research that I do and, and the questions that I pursue in my research is about, um, is about precisely this, about people's drive to show actually what happens with the backstage self, not the yeah. front stage self, like in, in Irving Goffman's sort of characterization there, right? Like our public facing selves versus who we are backstage before our queue gets called and we, we go on stage. Right. And I think that's what A lot of neurodivergent people are really hungry for is this this content that shows actually how our people live, right? Like How do you get up in the morning and how do you get yourself like into the shower? And I think this podcast too is like schedule
0: a whole day off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you schedule a whole day off, and then you record with me when the day is more than half done. You're like, guess what? Didn't get the shower yet. Yeah, me either. But like to to show how things are made, we're sort of like, okay, wait for another random reference. Like we'll go from Molly, uh, Miley Cyrus to the Pompidou. Center the Centre Georges Pompidou in Paris, the um, modern to contemporary art um, museum has all the piping on the outside, right? It's the the building is designed to show the inner workings of it, right? Don't hide the infrastructure systems that heat and cool the building that move the water around, the supports that hold the the floors up, like all of that is visible in the design of the building. And I think our podcast is a little bit like the Pompidou Center, in that the things that are supposed to be hidden behind the walls we're more interested in, in, well, also, because this is probably, I'm like, I'm framing this like a choice, but as if you and I could do this any differently, like we could not. Seriously. Right. Um, So like pretending that it's a choice that what we're really showing is how we're building the building as we go rather than presenting something final. And in that we're sharing, I think our experiences and our struggles with the sort of day-to-day processes of going from chaotic experience to, some minimal level of functioning and accomplishment. Because a lot of our audience, like, because we keep hearing from people, um, women who've been diagnosed um, well into adulthood, many of whom have secured PhDs before (laughs) getting diagnoses, like women who have been very good at looking at buildings and replicating buildings, right? But on the inside of their walls, things are falling apart, right? And and I think that's one of the things that resonates um, for so many people who've been diagnosed later in life um, is that they always thought they were the only one that lived in this chaotic way. Right, And and you can tell people that they're not the only one, but it's much more powerful when you say like, I had to take a day off work today because I was pretty sure that's the only way I was going to have a shower. Yeah, (laughs) Showering's important, right? Or like, this is a list of things I have failed to hand in, or this is how I design my classes because I can't answer emails or like just to to be in that space. Over my
0: shoulder, (laughs) these are all the bills Uh, that I have to pay and have not paid.
1: Well, yes, my husband does that now for me. I just watched your mom put a load of laundry into the washing machine in
0: your basement too. So yeah. that's good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's like I the inner workings. Laundry. Yeah. The inner workings. The inner yeah. workings, outsourcing. Um well and I think particularly with women, and we've talked about this before too, where so much is expected of the performance, right? So much of our of our lives have to appear effortless. Mm-hmm. right? Even, even mm-hmm. if you're not neurodivergent, right? Mm-hmm. So much has to appear effortless in so far as, you know, it's like, I, you know, here's the perfect meal and here is my perfectly dressed children. And here is my perfectly curated lawn. And here is my, you know, um.
1: Yeah, I read an and- article about that actually it was like an L magazine or something. There's this woman saying like, it was about the effort it takes to look effortless. Right. And she yes. like opens the essay um I mean I wish I could remember it but I can't uh but she opens the essay with like a visit to like some like crazy body workplace in New York where she's like essentially flayed alive and sprayed with hoses at high volume to like exfoliate her skin so that her skin looks great without makeup right so like yeah having that like effortless look of like I didn't really dress up I'm not wearing like Spanx but that means you have to go to yeah. like all the work that goes into looking effortless. <laughs> even
0: putting the Spanx on is work like let's be honest here right oh, like you're know, just the yeah. of trying to wedge those things up it's like this is um, too much yeah.
1: I'm not drinking any liquids today because I cannot pull these down to go pee and then pull yeah. them back up again. I just yeah. can't do it.
0: No, I just can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> you have to cut me out of these later. It's one use only. Um, but but again, and, and then if your neurodivergent, uh, you know, already you're under this pressure that no woman could, or very few women, let's just say, probably no women could live up to um, mm-hmm. without a lot of wealth uh, and a lot of help often mm-hmm. procured through wealth. Um, right. But then, but then, if you are also, you know, chaos because of ADHD, um, so now you've got that double pressure where you've been told again everything you, all the process of you do is wrong, and mm-hmm. that it just always looks like we're trying so freaking hard, right? Like yeah. nothing looks effortless. Nothing looks effortless, um, at all, ever, yeah. and and so you know, when, and, and again, there are all of these gendered expectations in terms of how you are supposed to look, I mean, how we're supposed to behave. I think that the best thing you, you, um, you said is how, particularly women with ADHD, I think in a lot of cases, like we've, we've failed, we've tried repeatedly and fail, failed at traditional femininity. Yeah. Right. Like where, yeah you know, you're, you're just, you're not, I was never graceful. I have a whole blog post about like not being graceful, right? Like, yeah, you have to be
1: graceful and you have to like cross your legs at the ankle not at yeah. the knee, right? And you have yeah. to like arrange yourself. Like the clothes that you wear means that you're like, if, if you're in normative femininity mode, the clothes that you wear make it difficult to sit comfortably. Or if you do sit comfortably, then you're flashing either your underwear or your boobs at people. So you need to like always be managing like the way that you're sitting and managing the ways that you're holding your hands or being careful when you reach above your head so that your shirt doesn't come up too high. Like there's a lot of ways in which normative femininity is all about kind of control, um, of the body's movement yeah. in space, and in ways that men are just not subjected to, yeah. right? Like, oh, I, I can't wear these. Like my first week of teaching, like way back in 2004 when I started my job here, um, I was trying to look like a real professor because I was quite young and I looked quite young. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not; I don't have that problem now. Now I wear sneakers because I'm obviously old as fuck, and everyone can see that. And uh, but I was like wearing these like kitten heels. They're a low heel, but it's a kitten heel, a little spike kitten mm-hmm. heel, and and a, a skirt. And I was um, trying to go make a turn on the polished granite floor. And my feet went out from under me. Like I just fell right on my ass, right in front of my classroom. Like where there was like, you know, in the break between classes when the students yeah. are milling around outside, cause I yeah. can't go in the room yet. So pretty much everybody saw me just go like, as my mom would say, ass over tea kettle, mm-hmm. um, down on my butt books everywhere, computers everywhere. Right. But I was like thinking I didn't wear shoes uh, that I could walk in, like I, I could, they're comfortable enough to wear. But I thought, like, you should be able to make a sixty degree turn <laughs> at yeah. walking speed, yeah, without like having to Worry think I need about... snow tires, right, yeah. <laughs> on oh, my feet. But that's like normative femininity is all about: take smaller steps, right? Yeah. Be mindful, like you know, you, you walked this floor yesterday, but yesterday you were wearing like docks and that was okay. But now you have to be attention to, to what the surface of your shoe is like, like there's just so many, so many, so many, so many details to manage yeah. simultaneously. Um, when you're moving through the world, um, in an assigned female body that it's completely overwhelming. I think for many neurodivergent folks who like are just so busy trying to decipher other people's facial expressions and social cues yeah. to be like, I crossed my legs wrong or, this was the wrong shoe because now I fell down or like my skirt is uh, is okay when I'm standing, but when I sit down, it's really uncomfortable or it rides up too high. Um, like that would be a great way to guarantee that we never get anything done. So like there's those codes of dress and, and movement, but also codes of behavior about being quieter.
0: Yes, I was right, gonna say right? that because, and here's the interesting thing is I read more about ADHD. I've always been loud. I've always mm-hmm. been loud. But I guess that's an ADHD thing too, where you mm-hmm. can't actually accurately Um, gauge Gauge. the volume of your and pitch of your voice Mm -hmm. and I'm like really like that's also a processing thing that I got a problem with like good god but but again if you're a boy and you're really loud and boisterous that's okay Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when you're a girl, I laugh, you know, they used to joke in university that they could hear my laugh from a mile away. Like, they're like, oh, you're here. We heard you coming. We heard you laughing in the stairwell. Like, how right? dare
1: you, Lee? No, how they, dare I mean, you be spontaneously joyous in public? Right. Well,
0: There is also there's also, though, and, and I'll, I'll say this is that and, and there's a whole bunch of like there's gender issues, but there's also class issues wrapped up in this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and in Quebec, I think like language and culture because I went to a francophone, more working class university mm-hmm. where it was more the kind of of there. It was more boisterous, right? Yeah. Like it was just more boisterous. And, you know, like we talked about the Christmas parties where, you know, I would get it, you know, our Christmas parties was like our little family of six sitting around a table quietly right. eating, whereas I'd go there and it'd be church basement with 150 cousins, all like drunkenly singing and dancing. Yeah, that's you know? right. So, there's, so, there's, so there was more of an acceptance of it mm-hmm. because, it, it, you know, it, it, everyone was loud, right? Yeah. Or Or rather it was more culturally acceptable to be loud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and to take up a little bit more space yeah, um, in those, in those sorts of way. It was also the nineties where like the mid nineties to late nineties where, you know, you, you, the, it, like what femininity was, was a little bit like, like it was grunge. Right. So it was, it was grunge, sort of, like, yeah. it was grunge. So yeah. You know, there was, there was a little bit more, it just yeah. timed itself perfectly. And I picked the perfect spot for myself in terms of yeah. like, oh, it's so it's, it's a little, there are places where this could be acceptable, Yeah, There are places and spaces where this could be acceptable. Yeah. Um, It was
1: a, it was a great time for comfortable shoes, um, (laughs) jeans and flannel and backpacks, right. That you could wear on both of your shoulders simultaneously. None of these like baguette purses and like,
0: yeah,
1: I don't know, high heels. I'm like glad we're out of the, the Louboutin era, right. The, you know, sex (sighs) in the city version one kind of like hyper-feminized stuff. It was very, um, very difficult right but so like you're talking about uh normative uh femininity and also cultural normativity related to tone and volume and like there's also codes uh that are gendered highly about yeah how much space you can take up in oh, a conversation yeah. oh, or yeah. in a room or with your voice or how you sit on a chair and and that relates to what some thinking you and I've been doing about podcasts too right about like yeah. maybe um men uh, feel more comfortable having these sort of off the cuff conversational podcasts um, because they're used to people moving out of their way, right? Like maybe yeah. it's okay to just show up and be like, "I'm pretty sure that whatever I say is worth recording, right?" And publishing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to prepare, right? I'm eminently yeah. qualified, and yep. I often get to shoot my mouth off in a variety of situations, and you know, people seem grateful for it. Whereas, I'm sure you have received in your time as I have, um, helpful advice from people about maybe don't put your hand up so much. Right. Yeah. Um, or like teachers that roll their eyes and say like, yes, Amy, like, I know that, you know, the answer. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Let's
1: let somebody else learn. Mm -hmm. Um, which like for autistic me, like probably good for me to understand like room dynamics, but also like the, the subtext there was like, you know, smart is good, but now you're too smart. It's annoying, right? Yeah. How curious you are. It's annoying did how I much did... you put up your hand, right? And and people don't, in my experience, like I'm sure some of our male or male identifying like listeners may, um, you know, may quibble on this, but I I know that I've spent most of my life understanding that most people think that I'm too much. Like yeah. I'm a very quiet person. <laughs> like in terms of like I'm not. I'm not a shouter and I, I'm not clumsy. I don't break things. I don't make a lot of noise. I'm often terrifying people by like so-called sneaking up behind them when I'm just walking. Right. And I say hi and they jump out of their skins. Like that's yeah. how quietly I move through the world. But like, if I go to a meeting and I have something to add, I add it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and the world is kind of not ready for that in many no. ways from women. So I've spent my whole life like being told, like, not just think before you speak, because what you say is thoughtless, but think before you speak. Cause people don't want to hear from you that much.
0: Yeah yep right oh and I am all of the things you just described though as mm-hmm. well as as well as as well yeah. as so like I am putting your hand up. and yeah. I am loud and I am um borderline fat and I have always been like I was a swimmer and mm-hmm. like and so swimmers take up a lot of space because we get big <laughs> shoulders and yeah I can I can still remember um you know all in when I was in elementary school all the girls did ballet and figure skating Right. Except me. Right. Who swam. And I can still right. clearly remember walking home from school one day with somebody in my grade who was like, Oh, you're a swimmer. And I'm like, Yeah. And she's like, Oh, my cousin was a swimmer. She got really big shoulders. It was really <laughs> ugly.
1: <laughs> I could give you one from my sister. My sister went to see it was like some kind of like RMT for an issue she was having. Um, and the RMT said to her, like, do you play squash? And she was like, Yeah. As RMG said, I could tell from your bulky thighs. <laughs> so,
0: oh God.
1: So we've always been like for years now, singing to my sister, you can't hide your bulky thighs. And we're like, <laughs> right? So people are policing your embodiment because you're too yeah. strong yeah. additionally, right? Like additionally. you have your your shoulders are too big because you got too strong. Like it's not yeah. a thing that anybody's ever said to a man. Like I, I, you know, I think Michael Phelps, right? Your shoulders are too
0: yeah. developed
1: it looks yeah. weird right your pecs so are women too big arnie yeah people don't want women to make a lot of noise they don't want them to take up a lot of space they don't want them to like fall down in public so they have to take smaller steps so they don't want them to be become physically larger like yeah. like either through being fat or through like working out and being visibly more muscular uh, than other people. Um, And they don't like them to talk too much. And that's why I love this podcast because it's you and me and we get to talk as much as we want and no one's going to interrupt us.
0: Nope. Until it gets to be two o'clock and then we have to (laughs) end it.
1: That's right. Or like your internet cuts out or somebody starts leaf blowing. Yeah. Or the cleaning people come. Or (laughs) or the cleaning people come. They came on time today. So they were done. They did a really great job, too. I'm so pleased. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So so maybe one of the reasons like n- that our podcast is sort of more conversational and off the cuff is like has to do with our personalities and and cool and our inability to like spend a lot of time preparing for this ahead of time. It's just much more fun for us both to come and do this on the fly, the way that we do this and have interesting conversations. But also it's it's a space um, which is as therapeutic for us as it is for others in the sense that we get to interact with one another in the ways that we are comfortable interacting. Like I can use the big words and be silly. Right. And you can be loud and go on side quests. Um, and that's part of our value proposition. Right. Like, and I think a lot of this podcast has been about like, how can we like learn not just to accept who we are and have been the whole time instead of masking all the time and trying to become different people and how can we celebrate that? And I think one of the reasons, like what we get from people about our podcast resonating with them is is because we are being authentically the ways that we are, um, yeah. which are ways that many women are not supposed to be or allowed to be in public, particularly yeah. neurodivergent women who are always already thinking they're doing something wrong. Right. Um, because that's what we've been
0: told our entire lives, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And we're
1: using the backstage persona, right? Not the, yep. the front stage persona and like dudes do this all the time on their podcasts and and it's hard to find really women who do let their hair down right like yeah I'm interested in thinking about like that sort of gendered notion of who is allowed to be authentic in what ways like for women like being authentic would be like you know getting six hundred dollars worth of work done on like your skin so that you can do a, a hashtag no hashtag no makeup no I woke up like this no filter stuff right that's the kind of authentic women are allowed to be Right. Yeah. Is like naturally beautiful and naturally perfect with no effort, but men will go like, and do comedy routines about like their butt hair.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, great. I should, I deserve 10,000 listeners to this right now. Um, and that probably hits harder for neurodivergent women who have such a hard time following those social rules anyways, yeah. um, even more so than men, but the rules are tighter on yeah, women.
0: much So much tighter. Yeah. And I think, Having, you know, thinking about all of that, cause I was, I was reflecting on it too and thinking it, exactly that, like one of the joys of doing this podcast, as you just said, it's like, this is one of the few spaces where I can lean into my ADHD, so to speak, right? Where it's like, I can be authentic. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to apologize for it. Um, you know, we, we accept these things and it's sort of, we make it work obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it, but that we make it work, right? And yeah. it's something that is keeps, you know, we keep going and it keeps happening, and we found a way to make it work. So it's like, yeah, we can be, you know, again, we can be successful while being authentically ourselves, as yeah. opposed to being successful at masking. At masking, <laughs> or being yes. Successful because we've been so successful at masking. We can or, we can
1: be successful with an out of label video on YouTube of us being our Jolene selves instead of our overproduced major label party in the USA selves. Like what happens when we sing in our natural ranges, right? What happens when we show up um, in our natural ways of being? And like, like, I will say that one of the reasons like that I'm always listening to our episodes when they come out is a, I forgot what we said. Mm. um, And B, I'm trying to make sure I don't talk too much. Right. I'm like, please notice Amy, like if you're cutting off too much or if you're taking up too much airtime, right? Because I'm still like, I do I do not want to overwhelm people, but I do think like the further I move through this ADHD journey is is that maybe all women are unfairly policed yeah. um, in terms of how they're allowed to be in public, how they're allowed to look, how they're allowed to sit, how they're allowed to move, how loud they're allowed to be, how much they're allowed to talk. Um, and that uh, that struggle is also maybe a little bit more intense for neurodivergent people. But, you know, sometimes, like, as we've been discussing in many other podcasts, the the things that other people find maybe sometimes annoying or non-normative about us are the sources of our strength, right? It are the places yeah. that we, we can contribute. Like, I don't know a lot of people who have the stamina to do an off-the-cuff, hour-long podcast every week, right? And like, oh, I've run other things to say. And I'm like, I never run out of yeah. things to say.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Like right? So like I'm an
1: overtalker, but is it yeah. an overtalker that we can actually like build up an archive of, of episodes that are coming out like fairly regularly, fairly on time, fairly useful to people just by moving through our daily lives, absorbing stuff and then somehow managing to spit it out when the slot machine handle gets pulled as yeah. soon as you hit the record button. Does that mean like maybe we have too many things to say too fast at meetings? Maybe, but I think yeah. it's part of the same thing. Right. And, and it's not that on the whole, it's terrible. It's that we've never been able really to lean into finding the benefits and the strengths of moving through the world. in that we've always just tried to stop being too much.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or when we don't stop ourselves from being too much, severely punished for it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, shunned, shamed,
1: shamed. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, uh, excluded, excluded, um, uh, brought into the boss's office and mm-hmm. given it to a stern talking to, which that's mm-hmm. always great. Cause then the RSD kicks in and yeah. that's a fun one. Um, because yeah. that's always the other thing in the back of your mind, right? It's, it's sort of, um, Well, if this doesn't go well, and then the rejection sensitive, sorry, kicks in, and you're like, "Oh, now I'm in a shame spiral."
1: Ah, Yeah, good times. Love being me.
0: Um, But there's nothing, and and again, like it's this comes back also to that conversation we had um, for this week's podcast. Well, the one that posted today that recorded on Tuesday, but anyways, (laughs) around not finishing things. Yeah, where you know that this podcast is again both always finished and unfinished right right like we have a finite time where i'm looking at the clock and i'm like we better wrap this up soon um but at the same time it's like well, we have more to say but there'll be another episode next week or you know whenever we whenever we can make it work for the recording and and there's something about again because we're not doing we're not doing this for tenure we're not doing this for promotion we're not doing this um, and again, we're in a fairly privileged position where, you know, you don't have to worry about tenure promotion. I don't have to worry about this for like trying to find a job or anything like that. We don't have to worry about this, um, becoming popular so we can sustain our livelihoods, right? Yeah. This is, this is a hobby, right? We're doing this, you know, like, um, for fun, right? Like yeah. the, like the piano, you know, like, yes. what were you saying just before we got on, um, Amy played me on her piano uh, the the that piece of, of piano music from a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah,
1: Christmas time is here.
0: Christmas time is here, and I was saying, are you going to do the da 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 And she said, no, my sister is doing it. But the, then, what what is your what was your sister's comment about? Um, yeah, my you know, sister is
1: playing uh, the Linus and Lucy theme, which is the one you mentioned, and she's like, oh, like. I'm having trouble with it. I was like, why? And she's like, because I keep laughing. I can't play it without laughing. And I was like, well, there goes your concert career, right? Which she was not aiming for it. I was like, <laughs> aren't you lucky that you, you have a hobby that reliably you laugh too hard and you have to stop? Like, I would love more things in my life that make me feel good like yeah. that, right? And, and recording this podcast, podcast is one of them, though, good.
0: right? Yeah. And this podcast is one of them. It's like, that's the, it's the hobby that we keep coming back to because- it makes us feel good, right? Yeah, not necessarily love- laughing uncontrollably, but I always like. I really look forward to these conversations, and I always feel better. Like my Friday afternoons are like so much better after these conversations. So I'm like, yay! Yeah, you know, and that's too. and that motivates me to kind of get it, put it in GarageBand, put it, do, you know, go through those things that I might not like to do as much. Yeah. Right. Um. But even even like that that fun. So I had to I had to edit out. Right. I actually had to work for this last episode that just where your internet died. Yeah. Where I where my internet died. My screen died and everything died. Um. So I had to sort of figure out where it was and I found it right away. Um. And then where I wanted to make the cut and how I wanted to make the cut, and and even that became fun because I'm like, how can I kind of do this in an ADHD kind of way? Yeah. And so well, I like I cut like, myself off. I know we're both. Big, and then we're no, both,
1: what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. So huh? we're both big fans of, of Hannah Gadsby's comedy. Right. And, yes. um, and one of the things like, she was like, I never met a joke. I didn't like get a meta joke. Right. So yeah. she's always joking about the joking. And, and I love the way, like at the outset of, of you know, like, say Douglas, she's like, this is what's going to happen in the show. Right? yep, And, and then you're going to laugh. Cause it's a funny joke, right? She was like, it's like a put down your pen, have a biscuit today is done kind of joke. And she's like, but now you think you're not going to laugh. Cause I told you it's coming. You're like, it can't be that good, but it is right. And you're going to laugh. And then you're going to have a second laugh because you're going to remember that I told you that you're going to think you're not going to laugh, but then you were going to laugh. And then you're going to laugh a third time as it all comes together for you. Right. And uh, and so like, for me, that's a very sort of ADHD and autistic way of making comedy is yeah. like an attention to the structures, right? Where the structure is aiming to match the, the content of, yeah. of the thing. And so like, I think in some ways um, what we've been inadvertently doing, because we didn't know how not to do this is being very ADHD in our embodiments yes. um, in the making of this podcast, which is chaotic, right? And prolix and verbose. Um, and too much and all the loud,
0: but thankfully you can adjust the volume. Yeah. And loud and like, you know,
1: record it in one year, release it in the next year, or like accidentally record for three hours and have to have three episodes. And, but I think like that, that's a, that that's a strength. And and I want our listeners to know that they can create opportunities for themselves to lean in to the ways that feel natural for them to be in the world. Yeah. And they can find a spot. Like my sister enjoys playing the Linus and Lucy theme and laughing. You know, I like playing the piano because it's a controllable thing and I do it for myself and I get to obsess about it. I don't require anybody else. I like doing this podcast because I get to talk a lot, right? Yep. And people will listen or not, but I don't feel like I'm impinging on anybody's time because no, they can Exactly, away, right? Like it's your I'm not like, Did that I put was... my hand up too much? Like, no.
0: Yeah. No. That was why but, I always like Twitter a lot too, because you yeah. can. I could have been too much on Twitter, but, but like- it didn't matter. People were like, read me, don't read me, mute me, don't move me, scroll on by. If like, you don't want this whole thread, you don't want to hear me live tweeting every aspect of my life, then, you know, that's fine. It's, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I kind of don't want to feel like a failure when I'm listening to an ADHD podcast because I can't maintain my focus because I think it's moving too slow. Right. Like that kind of makes me feel a bit bad about myself. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, like Amy, you're trying to, you know, be in solidarity with these other podcasts, but like you keep drifting. You fell asleep listening to that one. Like you don't even know what happened. You're like, can I play this at double speed?
0: we'll, We'll use those instead of sleep stories, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly you know but like your mileage may vary like you know yeah. people like different things like yeah. i love listening to just cbc radio voice people because at least like i find that the talk radio stuff is often like hopelessly stupid and in a poor dynamic range it gives me a headache um and i like this like i like to listen to ideas on cbc like long format documentaries about you know uh <laughs> louise labe the controversies around the authorship of these 16th century french love poems right okay bring it i love yeah. it right yeah um yes, everybody's mileage may vary. And, and yeah. yeah, like the thing that had prompted us today was like just sort of thinking through why does our podcast sound different from other people's podcasts? Why do we sound mm-hmm. more like dudes? We're like like trapo, trapo trap house, <laughs> right? <laughs> of like just shooting off our mouths about whatever yeah. and assuming we're probably correct yeah. um, about it. And because we like to do that and the world does not afford us a lot of opportunities to engage it. No. In those ways, and we created our opportunity. And I'm like sitting at my desk, man spreading right now. Oh, me not too. Me too. I was going to say, I'm like
0: I'm in a dress, and I my feet are shoulder width apart. Um. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I have one foot up on my desk right now because it feels good on my hips yeah. to sit like that. And like, yeah. why not? It's not harming anybody. It's nice to have a space where you can be yourself.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. As um, on top of it, we're just running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a really good place happen? to end it. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Um, so, uh, as always, uh, please reach out. Um, I'm ready writing on Twitter.
1: I am DigiWonk on Twitter.
0: And um, you can also email us at all the things ADHD at gmail.com or leave a comment on our website, um, all the things ADHD.com. Um, And again, we love hearing from you, and you can inspire total, you know, you can inspire an entire episode. Um people.
1: Oh my uh, god, one more last aside, Lee. I have to throw okay, this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go, I don't go. know why I was oh, I was sharing one of our episodes with somebody on my Facebook who like clearly needed the episode about how to pack a lunch to go back to work, work in the aftertimes. And uh I happened upon the transcript for one of our episodes. And did you know that did you wonk my Twitter handle comes out as did you work <laughs> in our transcripts? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. So even the transcript service is shaming me about how much work I am or am not getting done. Hey, you Are on you Twitter, writing? did you work? I did not. I was just like, don't shame me <laughs> transcript. Yeah. I thought you would like that.
0: I think, I think I finally got her to call you Amy, like M- you instead of Amy, I you think did. I finally trained it for that. Um, but Thank the God. Digiwonk one? I haven't yeah. quite trained. Did you work just,
1: yet. I mean, it's great. I love it.
0: <laughs> All right. It
1: just was like, thanks world.
0: Yeah. So take up space and, uh, we'll, uh, talk to you next week.
1: We sure will.